Will you stand with me for the reading of Scripture? Second Chronicles 31 and 20. Second Chronicles 31 and 20. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah. And he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. Second Kings 19.14 And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, and all the kingdoms of the earth. You've made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Verse 35, and it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there they were, corpses, all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed, went away, and returned home, and remained at Nineveh. Second Kings 20 and 1. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and said to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. Hezekiah wept bitterly, and it happened before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court that the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Second Kings 20 and 11, So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. We want to talk today on the subject, the high leverage life. Would you say that after me, please? The high leverage life. Be seated, please. I'm quite fascinated by the life of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was prosperous. Hezekiah was blessed. God's favor in many ways was extended to Hezekiah. He was one of the greatest kings in the history of all the Israelites. During his reign, Israel became a stronger and greater nation which was admired and respected by the other nations of the world. Second Chronicles 32 and 23 says that many brought 
gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all the nations thereafter. Note also in 2 Chronicles 32, 27, the Bible says that Hezekiah had very great riches and honor. He made for himself treasures of silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, for all kinds of desirable items, storehouses for the harvest of grain and wine, oil and stalls, for all kinds of livestock and folds for flocks. Moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance. For God had given him very much property. The same Hezekiah stopped the water outlet of Upper Gihon and brought the water by tunnel into the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Look at your name and see the man was ridiculously rich. Above all this, Hezekiah received tremendous miracles from God. He experienced outstanding manifestations of God's power manifestations of God's might. His life was a high leverage life. Don't you agree from what I've read that this is a pretty bad dude? And that he lived a pretty high leverage existence? Let me give you an informal personal definition of a lever. A lever is a device which makes possible greater results than the amount of force originally applied. A lever is a device which makes possible greater results than the amount of force originally applied. Great accomplishments with less effort and pressure, less influence and power and force exerted, but coming out on the other end is increased pressure, influence, power and force. If you have a bar of ample rigidity, of ample length, and place that steel bar on a properly located base, by going out to the long end of the bar and pushing down, you can make the short end of the lever rise up, and you can pick up an automobile all by yourself if you have a proper Lever. Hezekiah lived a high leverage life because of his attitude. He lived a high leverage life because of his conduct and his behavior, which brought into action the providence and power of Almighty God. Tell your neighbor, you can bring into action the providence and the power of Almighty God. God help me preach today. When this happened, Hezekiah saw results that were all out of proportion to any effort he might have exerted or any ability that he might have possessed. 
He had certain levels of effort and certain levels of ability. But when you look at the consequences and results of his life, it was not his effort. It was not his ability that caused these great miracles to take place. I focus on Hezekiah today because we can learn from him how we also can be high leverage individuals. Is there anybody in here who wants to be a high leverage individual? We should learn from great men how we can be greater. We can learn from wise men how we can be wiser. We can learn from blessed men how we can be more greatly blessed. Too many people talk too much and listen and observe too little. When they meet a great person, they frequently don't realize that they are in the presence of greatness. And if they do realize that they're in the presence of greatness, their first thought is, how can I impress this great person? But your objective ought not be to impress great people. Your objective ought be to learn from great people how you can be great. Are y'all with me on today? What can you discern by observation, observation of that person's actions, words, and actions? Also, you should strive to say, how can I sense this person's heart? Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. And when you meet a great person that's blessed by God, try to find out what's happening in their heart, what's happening in their spirit. What positive qualities does this person possess that can be incorporated into my life so that my life will be blessed and my life will be successful also? Let people reveal themselves. Give them space and time to reveal who they are and what they value. It may be that you can learn how they got where they are so you can get to a good place too. Be quiet for a minute. Stop talking about yourself. Just listen, observe, and learn. I believe that the most outstanding capacity that a person can have is the ability to improve and change for the better. Look at your neighbor and say the most important capacity that a person can have is the ability to improve and change for the better. Ask your neighbor, what improvements have taken place in your life recently? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing we want to notice about Hezekiah, the first thing we want to observe about him is that he pleased God. That made him a high leverage individual. 2 Kings 18 and 5, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judea who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following the Lord but kept the Lord's commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses and the Lord was with him and he prospered wherever he went. Listen, when God is with you, you prosper wherever you go. Your enemies and your foes may gather around you. 
They may come against you to eat of your flesh and to destroy you. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Second Chronicles 31 and 20. The Bible says thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah. And he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law, in the commandment, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. God bless us to have some all their heart folk who are so committed to God that they don't have to be told to praise him, don't have to be told to tell your neighbor this or tell your neighbor that, to say this or that to the Lord. The day is coming and now yes, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeking such to worship him. Are there any true worshipers in the house? And the Bible says, when Hezekiah did all this, so he prospered. Second Chronicles 29 and 2, he did what was right in the sight of God. According to all that his father David had done. God is looking for some folk who will do what's right. And folk who do what's right are high leverage people. Our God is all wise. Our God created and organized this universe in which we live according to righteous principles, his wisdom and his will. He is a God of love who has from the beginning shown us how we ought to live. Our God is good upon all the earth. He guides us by his wisdom. In Jeremiah 9, 24, the Lord said, I am the Lord. I exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. When you are a righteous person, you are in step with the cadence and the rhythm of the universe. And when you are in step with the cadence and rhythm of the universe, good things come to you and blessings flow into your life. When we live in accordance with God's plan, things go well and we have the help of God. But when we reject God and God's will, then we and the world face disaster and distress. Why are things going wrong? Because you're walking wrong, you're talking wrong, you're not in line with God's plan, God's will, God's destiny for your life. Lord, help me preach today. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, but God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, and neither were they thankful. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Hezekiah did that which pleased God. And he sought the Lord. But then Hezekiah was also a man of character. Just say that word to your neighbor, character. He did that which was good and right and true before the Lord his God. How you behave every day is an indication of your character. Character is not only good behavior. But character is the moral and valuable value convictions that produce good works in your life. 
Character is thinking and behaving the way you're supposed to behave. God the creator has a master plan by which the universe is created and by which the universe operates. And that plan is not only in accordance with the holy and loving nature of God, it also constitutes God's provision for the most productive behavior for human society. We obey God, the word of God, the Holy Bible, because we recognize the wisdom and authority of God as creator. We do what God has us to do because it's right and best for us to do God's will in the earth where we live. We obey him because we recognize and thank him for his love and for his concern for us. We obey him because he is God. We obey him because we trust him. Listen, if you trust God, you'll obey God. And if you're not obeying God, it's because you think that by your way, you can find some better solution, some better road. But God's way is the best way. And if you follow God, you'll come out all right in the end. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Hezekiah decided to make a covenant with God. He did what was right. He was a man of character. He made a covenant with God. I need to ask you, are you in covenant with God? He said in 2 Chronicles 29 and 10, Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Listen, a covenant is a committed relationship. God has committed himself to us, but so few of us are really committed to the Lord. We don't really want a relationship with the Lord. We want a date. Uh-huh. We want to date him. We don't want to be married to him. We want God to be faithful to us, but we don't want to be faithful to him. We want God's favor, but we fail to extend favor unto our God. But I heard Paul say in Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then he said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said, nothing is going to separate me from God. Is there anybody here who made up your mind that nothing is going to separate you from your God? If you love him, come on, clap your hands and give praise to your Lord. Hezekiah trusted God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But not only did Hezekiah trust God and that made him a high leverage man, Hezekiah had faith in God and that made him a high leverage man. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a reward of them that diligently seek after him. Faith and trust in God give you great leverage on life. Hallelujah. But then in 2 Chronicles 32 and 1, the Bible says that after these deeds of faithfulness, after Hezekiah had done all these good things for God, 
Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah and camped against the fortified cities, seeking to win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw what Sennacherib had done, that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, the enemy of Israel came against the people of the Lord and decided under the leadership of Sennacherib, the Assyrian, that they were going to destroy Israel. By this time, Hezekiah had served the Lord faithfully for around 14 years. He'd done some wonderful things for the Lord, but his faithfulness did not exempt him from trouble. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you may have done some wonderful things for God, but your faithfulness does not exempt you from trouble. But though we are not exempted from trouble, God does promise to be with us in the midst of our trouble. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced trouble. They were thrown bound into a fire furnace. But when the check was made, the king had to ask, did not we throw three men bound into the midst of the fire? But now I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth one looks like the son of God. Listen, the son of God will show up in your situation if you're faithful to God. Even though you're in trouble, God is able to bring you out. Does anybody know that God is able to bring us out? All right. Oh, come on, give God praise. Somebody would have to testify today. He brought me out. Oh, come on, tell three people. He brought me out. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you. Cry out to the Lord in their trouble. He'll bring you out of your distress. Cry unto me, call unto me, and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Sennacherib came with 185,000 of his soldiers hurling curses and blasphemy against Hezekiah and against Jehovah God. He wrote a letter that was filled with insults against the majesty and the holiness of God. But Hezekiah had leverage with the Lord. I said, but Hezekiah had leverage with the Lord. Hezekiah did not call together his army. He just took the letter and went in the house of God and spread the letter out before the Lord. I don't care what you're going through. Spread it out before the Lord. I don't care what the challenge may be. Spread it out before the Lord. The Lord read the letter, was filled with insults against him. And the Lord said, he's not spoken against you. He's spoken against me. And he told Hezekiah to go out and tell his people this. In 2 Chronicles 32 and 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. There are more with us than are with him. Tell your neighbor, there are more with us 
that are with the enemy. With him is the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord God to help us and fight our battles. Come on, tell your neighbor, God will fight your battle. Hezekiah had faith that made him a man of high leverage. To those of you who've received a bad report in the days that are past, you may have received an eviction notice. You may have received a pink slip. You may have received some bad news, a bill you can't pay, a notice that you can't deal with, a medical report with a bad diagnosis. Just spread it out before the law. Cast your cares on him because the Lord cares for you. Hallelujah. The Lord sent back a message and said, Hezekiah, because you've prayed, I have heard. And the Lord is saying to his people, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. One letter spread out before the Lord. 185,000 enemies cast aside and taken away. That's high leverage. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, my enemies are at peace with me. Yes, they may be fighting against me, but it's to no avail. They may be coming against me, but God will take care of me, and God will take care of my enemies. For a man's ways, please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. God brought Hezekiah through that trial. But a little bit later on, Hezekiah got sick, sick nigh unto death. God sent a message through Isaiah. Hallelujah. Set your house in order, for you're going to die and not live. And the Bible said Hezekiah heard the news. But somehow Hezekiah said, I'm not ready to go yet. I'm not ready to die yet. He turned his face over to the wall and said, Lord, remember how I walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. Remember how I've done what is good in your sight. Lord, I've got some good stuff that I've been able to do that I want to talk to you about. And Lord, I'm not ready to go yet. Let me stay around here just a while longer. And then he turned his face to the wall and he cried. He cried unto the Lord. Listen, when a child of God cries, that's a high leverage activity. Something about mama, when she hears that special cry, that particular cry, she can't stay away. She's got to come running. There's something about the Lord when he hears that special cry, he's got to come running and see about his child. Hezekiah turned his face 
unto the wall. Listen, the wall is a symbol of a dead end. The wall is not a window. The wall is not a door. Hezekiah was saying, listen, I'm up against the wall. I don't have a doorway out of this. I don't have a window out of this. I'm turning to the wall because the wall is a dead end objective. And Lord, I'm at a dead end. I need you to show up. I need you to work in my life. Somebody's at a dead end today. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which way to turn. But Father, I stretch my hand unto thee. None of the help I know. Lord, don't withdraw from me. Because where, oh where shall I go? He turned toward the wall. He said, I'm not going to waste time with other options. I'm not going to waste effort looking in other directions. Lord, I'm just going to call on you. We've got a sister in the church. When she worships the Lord, she goes over to the wall and faces the wall as if to say, Lord, I don't want any distractions. Lord, I don't want anybody to pull me away from seeking you. Lord, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you. Is there anybody who needs the Lord? Lord, show up in my life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've got to stop. He turned toward the wall. He trusts God exclusively. Lord, I'm shutting out every earthly distraction. I'm turning away from everything. I'm getting away from people. I'm getting away from friends. I'm turning my back on enemies. Lord, I need you to show up in my life. Hezekiah turned to the wall and Hezekiah prayed and cried unto God. He prayed. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Tell three people, pray. Pray. I know you're having problems. I know you're having difficulties. Stop talking about it. Stop calling up your buddy about it. Pray. God will bring you out. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, God will, God will bring you out. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you've got leverage. You've got leverage with Almighty God. He prayed. God said, Isaiah, go back and tell him. I've heard his prayer. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God has heard your prayer. If you call him, he will hear you. If you call him, he will answer you. God showed up in Hezekiah's life. Hezekiah said, how can I really know that my prayer is heard? Isaiah said the sun tile is going to go backwards 10 degrees. What has to happen to the sun for the sundial to go backwards? What has to happen to the universe, all the stars and planets for the dial to go backwards? What does the sun have to do? What does the earth have to stop doing for the sundial to go backwards? I don't know, but I know that God is able, he's able, able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, 
He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. I've got to stop, but let's take a praise break. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's able. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, hey, neighbor. If God has to turn time backwards to bring you out, God will do it. Come on and give God praise. I want to give him praise. Yes! Oh, yeah! Oh, yes, he will. Oh, Turn time backwards. And the Lord said, that's just my way of letting you know. I'm going to bring you out. Three days, Hezekiah was back in church. I said in three days, he was back in church. Praising and glorifying. The name of Jesus. God brought him out. Fifteen more years of life. God will bring you out. Oh, yes, he will. He loves you so much that he gave his son that he might die, that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. He loves you so much that Jesus came to save you. Not only did he die for you, but he rose up on the third day morning. All power in the palm of his hand. Hundred witnesses can testify. We saw him. We touched him. We heard him after he had arisen from the dead. And that's God's guarantee to you. That you will rise to spend all eternity through the power of Jesus Christ with God. In the name of Jesus, you can have life everlasting. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Are you living that high leverage life? Are you living that blessed life? Everybody stand. Do you know the Lord? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Have your sins been forgiven? Are you battling this war of life by yourself? Or have you accepted Jesus, the Son of God, who rose from the dead as your Lord, as your Master? This is a good day. 
to come to know the Lord. It's a good day to be saved. It's a good day to give your life to Jesus Christ. Thank God for high leverage living. You don't have to be subject and at the mercy of the forces that are beyond your control. God himself will take charge of your life. And your life can be more than you ever dreamed. That it can be. If you think you're doing something special without God, just wait till God gets a hold of your life. I want to pray for somebody who needs Jesus. If you're here today and you would say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I want to live for him. I want to know him. I want to learn more about him. I want to be the person God would have me to be. If that's you, I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life. Lift up your hand quickly. I'll pray for you where you are. Lift that hand. Lift it high, high. Lift it high. Lift it high quickly. Don't hesitate. Lift your hand quickly. Don't hesitate. Lift it quickly. Lift that hand. Dear Lord, I pray for those whose hands are uplifted. Thank you that you brought them into your house today. Thank you you've shown them your love. How their lives can be high leverage. Bless them, oh God, to accept you and receive you and know you and live for you. Let your power be upon them in Jesus' name. Repeat this prayer after me, please, dear Lord. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've been and the wrong I've done. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I give my life to him. I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I have new life. Come on, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. 